You can turn with me then to our sermon text for today, which is Genesis chapter 27, essentially. We'll start with the last two verses of 26. So it'll be Genesis 26, verse 34, through 27, verse 46. So, I'll be reading Genesis chapter 27, but starting in verse 34 of chapter 26. We've seen the life of uh, Isaac as he sojourns in the land by faith, uh, and now the attention turns to uh, the passing on of this heritage to uh, his son, or to his sons, uh, as he uh, is in old age. So, starting in verse 34, of 26. When Esau was 40 years old, he took Judith, the daughter of Beeri the Hittite, to be his wife, and Basemath, the daughter of Elon the Hittite, and they made life bitter for Isaac and Rebekah. When Isaac was old and his eyes were dim so that he could not see, he called Esau his older son and said to him, My son. And he answered, Here I am. He said, Behold, I am old. I do not know the day of my death. Now then, take your weapons, your quiver and your bow, and go out to the field and hunt game for me, and prepare me delicious food such as I love, and bring it to me so that I may eat, that my soul may bless you before I die. Now Rebekah was listening when Isaac spoke to his son Esau. So when Esau went to the field to hunt for game and to bring it, Rebekah said to her son Jacob, I heard your father speak to your brother Esau. Bring me game and prepare for me delicious food that I may eat it and bless you before the Lord before I die. Now therefore, my son, obey my voice as I command you. Go to the flock and bring me two good young goats so that I may prepare from them delicious food for your father such as he loves. And you shall bring it to your father to eat, so that he may bless you before he dies. But Jacob said to Rebekah his mother, Behold, my brother Esau is a hairy man, and I am a smooth man. Perhaps my father will feel me, and I shall seem to be mocking him, and bring a curse upon myself and not a blessing. His mother said to him, Let your curse be on me, my son. Only obey my voice and go. Bring them to me. So he went and took them and brought them to his mother, and his mother prepared delicious food such as his father loved. Then Rebekah took the best garments of Esau, her older son, which were with her in the house, and put them on Jacob, her younger son. And the skins of the young goats she put on his hands and on the smooth part of his neck. And she put the delicious food and the bread which she had prepared into the hand of her son Jacob. So he went into his father and said, My father. And he said, Here I am. Who are you, my son? Jacob said to his father, I am Esau, your firstborn. I have done as you told me. Now sit up and eat of my game, that your soul may bless me. But Isaac said to his son, How is it that you have found it so quickly, my son? He answered, Because the Lord your God granted me success. Then Isaac said to Jacob, Please come near, that I may feel you, my son, to know whether you are really my son Esau or not. So Jacob went near to Isaac, his father, who felt him, and said, The voice is Jacob's voice, but the hands are the hands of Esau. 
and he did not recognize him because his hands were hairy like his brother Esau's hands. So he blessed him, and he said, Are you really my son Esau? He answered, I am. Then he said, Bring it near to me, that I may eat of my son's game and bless you. So he brought it near to him, and he ate, and he brought him wine, and he drank. Then his father Isaac said to him, Come near and kiss me, my son. And he came near and kissed him. And Isaac smelled the smell of his garments and blessed him and said, See, the smell of my son is as the smell of a field that the Lord has blessed. May God give you of the dew of heaven and of the fatness of the earth and plenty of grain and wine. Let peoples serve you and nations bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers, and may your mother's sons bow down to you. Cursed be everyone who curses you, and blessed be everyone who blesses you. As soon as Isaac had finished blessing Jacob, when Jacob had scarcely gone out from the presence of Isaac, his father, Esau, his brother, came in from his hunting. He also prepared delicious food and brought it to his father. And he said to his father, Let my father arise and eat of his son's game, that you may bless him. His father Isaac said to him, Who are you? He answered, I am your son, your firstborn, Esau. Then Isaac trembled very violently and said, Who was it then that hunted game and brought it to me? And I ate it all before you came, and I have blessed him. Yes, and he shall be blessed. As soon as Esau heard the words of his father, he cried out with an exceedingly great and bitter cry and said to his father, Bless me, even me also, O my father. But he said, Your brother came deceitfully, and he has taken away your blessing. Esau said, Is he not rightly named Jacob? For he has cheated me these two times. He took away my birthright, and behold, now he has taken away my blessing. Then he said, Have you not reserved a blessing for me? Isaac answered and said to Esau, Behold, I have made him lord over you, and all his brothers I have given him to him for servants, and with grain and wine I have sustained him. What then can I do for you, my son? Esau said to his father, Have you but one blessing, my father? Bless me, even me also, O my father. And Esau lifted up his voice and wept. Then Isaac his father answered and said to him, Behold, away from the fatness of the earth shall your dwelling be, and away from the dew of heaven on high. By your sword you shall live, and you shall serve your brother. But when you grow restless, you shall break his yoke from your neck. Now Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing with which his father had blessed him. And Esau said to himself, The days of mourning... For my father are approaching. Then I will kill my brother Jacob. But the words of Esau, her older son, were told to Rebekah. So she sent and called Jacob, her younger son, and said to him, Behold, your brother Esau comforts himself about you by planning to kill you. Now therefore, my son, obey my voice. Arise, flee to Laban, my brother in Haran, and stay with him a while until your brother's fury turns away. Until your brother's anger turns away from you, and he forgets what you have done to him, then I will send and bring you from there. Why should I be bereft of you both in one day? 
Then Rebekah said to Isaac, I loathe my life because of the Hittite women. If Jacob marries one of the Hittite women like these, one of the women of the land, what good will my life be to me? This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray for God's blessing upon his word. Oh God, we thank you for recording this account from you of the history of your work among your people. We pray that you would bless it to us, that we might understand your intention in writing and recording these things for us. For we know that you have said that these things were written for our instruction. We pray that you would guide us by your word, that we might live in accordance with your promises and walk in your ways. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. This is a rather long chapter. You'll notice the back of the sermon uh, insert didn't even have room to put the whole scripture reading on the back. We just have selections there. But it all is very much one story uh, that is hard to split up. Uh, And it recounts many problems in the household of Isaac. Uh, No one comes out of this uh, without fault. Uh, But one theme in Genesis is that the sin of humanity will not overcome the purposes of God. God does not give up. Adam and Eve fell into sin, but God returned with more words and a purpose of redemption. How does the book of Genesis end? Joseph talking to his brothers who had done great evil, and he says, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. The sinfulness of man will not frustrate and foil the purposes of God for his creation. God does not give up. And so in this episode of the life of Isaac's household, everyone more or less is at fault for something, but God works his will through it so that profane Esau is rejected and Jacob is elevated and blessed and sent forth on his own sojourn in which his faith would grow and mature. In the midst of this messed up situation, God worked his will according to his purpose, as he works all things according to the counsel of his will. Even today, uh, God will accomplish his purpose in the midst of a fallen world. Even in the midst of a church, a people who do not always walk in his ways. We're going to look here at the uh, lessons that we can learn from Esau and from Isaac and from Jacob and see uh, each of them in this passage, uh, what we might learn from what they do and what happens to them. First, let's look at the lesson of Esau, of Esau rejected. Esau lost the blessing, having earlier despised the birthright. This was God's work. God denied Esau the blessing. Remember earlier in chapter 25 that Esau had despised his birthright as the firstborn son of Isaac by trading it to Jacob for a single meal. Notice he says in this chapter that Jacob had cheated him twice. Well, the first time it was perfectly of Esau's own free will that he traded away this birthright for a stew of of lentils. Uh, That is how much Esau thought 
of this heritage of his father, which was not merely a physical heritage, but a spiritual one as well. His profane and unbelieving heart expressed itself on that occasion, and that itself disqualified him from inheriting the blessing in God's eyes. But not only that, uh, Esau was here breaking his oath to Jacob. He had traded away his birthright. That birthright included the right to this blessing as the firstborn. He had traded it to Jacob, but now he prepares to receive it. We spoke earlier in the Sunday school lesson of the importance of oaths that are taken, and here uh, Esau is breaking that oath, prepared to receive the blessing. Now, his disregard for his spiritual heritage also expresses itself in his marriage, his marriages. Rather than marrying one wife like his father Isaac, Esau married two wives like wicked Lamech, the the first polygamist recorded in Scripture who was a sinful, wicked man. He marries two wives. And unlike his father, he married Canaanite women. The Hittites were counted among the people of this land, the Canaanites, whom God said he would later dispossess and give the land to Isaac's children. Abraham had given strict directions, making sure that Isaac would do no such thing. Do not take a wife from my son from the Canaanites. Uh, Do not do this. We are a separate, distinct people. Uh, They are the ones that are going to lose this land. God has promised it to us. Do not mix uh, with them, but follow the Lord. But Esau goes ahead and does this very thing. He ignored the unique identity of God's people, the promises of God regarding the future displacement of the Canaanites and the inheritance of their land. And then also, unlike his father Isaac, Esau took his wives without direction from his father, taking wives that were, in fact, a pain to his parents. Isaac had followed his father's counsel and direction, but Esau took wives without any apparent parental involvement, and in fact, contrary to their wishes. Now, it could have been that his father erred in not really expressing his wishes and turning a blind eye to Esau because of his favoritism, but Esau should have still sought out his advice. Uh, These wives made life bitter for his parents. Even though Isaac and Rebekah didn't agree about everything, they could agree on the fact that these were bad marriages. And we'll come to that at the end of this chapter. Now remember what we saw earlier uh, in a previous sermon, what the book of Hebrews said about Esau. See to it that no one is sexually immoral or unholy like Esau, who sold his birthright for a single meal. For you know that afterward, when he desired to inherit the blessing, he was rejected. For he found no chance to repent, though he sought it with tears. Notice how it connects these two events, his his trading away of his birthright and his then rejection from receiving the blessing. Isaac was going to bless Esau. Esau now wanted the blessing. He desired to obtain it. But God frustrated these plans and denied Esau uh, from this blessing. Jacob took it before Esau returned. So Esau was rejected. In fact, Esau had not saved up any blessing for his second son. He 
only had some kind of half-hearted, not really a blessing left for Esau when Esau returned. Notice it says to Jacob, he blessed him and said, but then to Esau, he simply answered and said. And so this blessing isn't really much of a blessing at all. It's just kind of a pronouncement that, yeah, you're not going to be in the good land. You're going to live by your sword. You're going to be subject to your brother. But the good news is eventually you'll cast off that yoke. And that only made Esau more disappointed. It's a pronouncement of exile, of continued enmity, of subjection, and eventually freedom from that yoke. That prophecy would come true in the history of Esau's descendants, the Edomites, who would live in the rugged mountainous lands to the southeast of Israel. They would be subject to Israel under King David, and later they would rebel and gain their independence. Uh, But Esau was not happy with this. Hebrews says, Esau found no chance to repent, though he sought it with tears. Uh, This might mean that he was not able to get his father to repent, not able to get his father to change his mind, although Esau sought such a change with his tears. Or it might mean that Esau was not able to repent, though he sought the blessing with tears. His heart was so hardened that he did not repent. And really, both of these are true. His father didn't change his mind, and he didn't repent. He was sorrowful. He was regretful. Barely regretful. Not really regretful of what he had done, but frustrated that he didn't get the blessing. He cried out with an exceedingly great and bitter cry. He begged for a blessing. He lifted up his voice and wept, but he did not repent of his contempt for the birthright for trading it away. He did not uh, repent of his profane and unbelieving ways. Rather, he got angry at his brother. His lack of repentance is evident from his hatred towards his brother. When When he met with this, he didn't become humble or reverent or turning from his ways and turning unto God. Rather, he's more like Cain, who only gets more angry at being rebuffed and corrected. And now he wants to kill his brother. He feels the agony of despair and bitter anger resolved on murder. This is the agony that the ungodly shall feel at death and on the day of judgment when it is too late, when they do not obtain the blessing because they have spurned it when they had opportunity to receive it. Now, Hebrews 12 plainly applies this passage. See to it that you avoid this. See to it that no one is sexually immoral and profane like Esau, that you do not fail to obtain the grace of God. Avoid that end by avoiding what led to it. Do not be sexually immoral or profane. Repent of your sins now while you have the opportunity. Resist sin Do not be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin, which works its ways into the heart, but receive the promises of God by faith. For we are those who are of faith and will not shrink back and be destroyed, but through believing will save our souls. That is the way of life. So we learn from Esau not to be like Esau, uh, that Esau was rejected uh, because he had despised the promises of God, and even when corrected, uh, did not repent, but rather was simply uh, distressed and bitter. The second point is the lesson of Isaac, that Isaac was corrected. 
point with Isaac is that he erred at first, but then in the end he invoked future blessings by faith upon his sons. God brought Isaac to his senses. First, though, he erred by seeking to bless Esau, and only Esau. Isaac probably knew about the oracle that had been given his wife, Rebekah, that the older would serve the younger, that these two would be enmity, and yet the younger would be the one chosen by God. He also probably knew of Esau's trading away of his birthright. But even if he didn't, he certainly saw Esau's distressing marriages to the Canaanite women, his way of of despising his spiritual heritage and embracing a different one of of, uh, ungodliness, of paganism. We learn both here and earlier in chapter 25 that what is the reason that Isaac favored his son? It wasn't for uh, his virtues. It wasn't for his faith. It was rather because he liked eating his meat that he gained hunting. He liked the venison. He liked the game, the wild game that, that Esau would go out and hunt and bring to his father. And that was it. That was the reason. Isaac was led in this decision more by his physical taste than by his spiritual sensibilities. And it blinded him to the situation that this was not a fit heir for, to lead to the covenant people of God. So Isaac should not have done this, especially because we find that Isaac not only intended to give Esau the firstborn blessing, but he intended to give Esau all the blessing. Later, when Jacob's going to bless his sons, he does give the firstborn's blessing, actually not to the firstborn because he had disqualified himself, but rather to Joseph and his sons, but he called all his sons to receive a blessing. And they were all there, and they all received some blessing and part of the inheritance. Here, uh, Isaac uh, only calls Esau. And after giving this blessing to Esau, he doesn't have any left over. He intended to give that to Esau and leave Jacob out. So having been misled by his taste for Esau's venison, Isaac was then deceived by his senses. His taste had misled him, giving more attention to his food than to the faith or lack thereof. And so it was his very senses that were then deceived. He was no longer able to see. And then his smell, his touch, his hearing, his taste, all which had favored Esau, were then misled by Jacob's deception. (coughs) Jacob dresses up like Esau, so he feels like Esau. His voice starts to give him away, but then he uses his words to affirm that he's Esau. Uh, He smells even like Esau. Uh, He... Uh, is giving food that tastes like the food that Esau would make. And so Isaac gives the blessing to Jacob, fully believing that he was Esau. When later he discovered this deception, he trembled very violently. This was not what he was intending to do. He intended to only bless Esau, but he only blessed Jacob. But his faulty intention was used to fulfill God's intention. There's a certain poetic justice here in correcting Isaac. But we come across Hebrews 11, verse 20, and it says, By faith, Isaac invoked future blessings on Jacob and Esau. How, how is this done by faith? Uh, as in the great hall of faith, this is Isaac's thing that he did, that the uh, author of Hebrews points out. 
Well, in one sense, the blessing in general was an act of faith. Isaac's confidence to pronounce such a blessing uh, rested on God's promises to him. And so, regardless of who is getting blessed, the very blessing itself was an act of faith. But more than that, Isaac's faith sprung into action when he discovered his mistake. Rather than taking back his blessing, or rather than punishing Jacob, when he was corrected and frustrated, he let his blessing stand. God had brought Isaac back to his senses. Perhaps he remembered that oracle that had been given to his wife. He saw its fulfillment. He said, yes, and he shall be blessed, and ratified it again. His words to Esau then were pronounced by faith. In the next chapter, we'll find Isaac reaffirm the blessing on Jacob by faith and in full knowledge of what he was then doing. So what can we learn from Isaac? Uh, Be careful that you're not misled by pleasures to neglect the importance of spiritual things. Uh, It's fine to enjoy the good gifts of food and drink and the things that God has made, but do not abuse them to the point that you become insensible to the more important things of life, of seeking uh, God's kingdom and his righteousness and valuing Uh, that which is good in God's eyes. It seems Isaac was lax in directing and correcting his son uh, because of his favoritism based on his venison. So be sure you do not give way to the same error uh, in the discipleship of your children uh, or in general. Be careful as parents not to neglect guiding your children in the important things. It's well and good to teach them to be good hunters. It's good to teach them a calling so they can provide for themselves. But it's far more important to teach them to be believing and godly and to walk in his ways and to build their own households in ways that will further this to the next generation. So be careful what you prioritize. Isaac's own taste for food, which misled him, though he was believing and he was corrected in time, is exaggerated in the next generation. Because what, what did Esau trade his birthright for? It was for food. It was for lentil stew. And then, for all of you, not just for parents, but as children of God, cherish his training and his discipline. Isaac was a good child of God when he was corrected. God did not let Isaac go astray. He did not just let him do whatever he wanted. He foiled his, his bad plans and corrected him. So give thanks to God when he foils your errors and your sins. Don't be like Esau and just grow bitter about it, but rather be like Isaac and submit to the will of God. And be thankful he prevented you from doing that bad thing. Heed his correction rather than lashing out in anger. Value the discipline of the Lord. Lastly, let's look at Jacob, the lesson of Jacob. Jacob was blessed. Now, Jacob would be disciplined by God for his deception, yet he received God's blessing by grace through faith. God conveyed the blessing to Jacob in this convoluted way for the furtherance of his redemptive plan. It's pretty plain here. Jacob deceived his father and sinned in doing so. 
Rebecca probably sinned by deceiving her husband as well, although her intentions are a little more ambiguous. She never explicitly tells Jacob to say he's Esau. Perhaps she simply wanted Jacob to ask for the blessing for himself in a way that imitated Esau. But it's also very possible Jacob was simply following through on the intentions of his mother, which he picked up from this whole intent of dressing up like Esau. What is clear is that Jacob lied to his father, and he lied to his father again and again, and even asserted by the name of God that this was the truth. So he went into his father and said, My father, and he said, Here I am, I. Who are you, my son? Jacob said to his father, I am Esau, your firstborn. I have done as you told me. Now sit up and eat of my game, that your soul may bless me. Rebecca and Jacob rightly prized the blessing, but the expression of their faith was not directed in accord with his word. It's wrong to lie to one another. I have mentioned in previous sermons there's an exception for a self-defense against an enemy who threatens innocent life, but that exception doesn't apply here. Jacob violated the law that's stated in Leviticus 19.11. You shall not deal falsely, you shall not lie to one another. And it's found in the New Testament too, in Colossians 3.9. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices. Now, as it's common in biblical narrative, this is... uh, condemned more subtly in the course of Genesis, but Jacob would learn his lesson over the years. Not only does he suffer the immediate consequence of having to flee from Esau, away from his home, with hardly anything with him, but then he would lay and never see his mother again. But then he would also be deceived by Laban, and then he would be deceived by his own sons regarding the fate of his son Joseph, when they said that Joseph was killed, causing him great grief. Even as David was a believer who, was, who sinned and then was disciplined by the Lord for his good, so Jacob was a believer who received the blessing, but also with it the Lord's discipline, turning him aside from evil. But the blessing was in accord with God's purpose and prophecy, and the blessing of Isaac remained true and came to pass. Jacob's action was sinful, and yet God meant it for good. God did not choose Jacob because of his righteousness, because of his good deeds, but because of his grace. And he had worked faith in Jacob so that Jacob valued the birthright while Esau despised it. Jacob had not married Canaanites. He trusted and valued the spiritual heritage of his father. But if he had been judged by his works, he would have been condemned and abandoned. Yet the Lord was his shepherd his whole life long, as he would later remark, and guided him and blessed him by grace. And so consider the blessing that Jacob received. This is what Isaac said. See, the smell of my son is as the smell of a field that the Lord has blessed. May God give you of the dew of heaven, of the fatness of the earth, and plenty of grain and wine. Let peoples serve you, and nations bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers, and may your mother's sons bow down to you. Cursed be everyone who curses you, and blessed be everyone who blesses you. This would be fulfilled for Jacob and for his people, the people of Jacob, or as he's later called, Israel, in the land of Israel. Uh, It would also be true particularly in its king, who would have dominion over Edom and other peoples, but especially pointing to that final king of Israel, the Lord Jesus Christ, to whom 
uh, all the peoples and nations would come and serve or are coming and are being converted unto him. He would be the chief of Isaac's household, the heirs of the covenant promises, so that all who come to Jesus Christ receive this blessing, that those who bless him will be blessed, those who curse him will be cursed. And this is the, the heir of, Jacob's, of Isaac's blessing that Jacob received, so that all those who embrace it by faith also walk in the ways of their father Jacob and are heirs according to promise the favor of God through his covenant of grace. So from this, learns not to lie to one another. Jacob would learn that lesson the hard way. Do not resort to sin to fulfill God's decree or to gain his blessing. It might be good intention, but the wrong way. God's word still stands to direct us. Likewise, do not trust in your works. It's not the basis of his blessing of earning it by what you have done, but rather trust in the grace of God and trust in the covenant promises of God guaranteed in Christ. Take heart in the promises that he has given to be received by faith in Christ. Jesus is the Lord over his brothers, his brothers who inherit with him. The peoples shall serve him. Those who cast off his yoke will not be blessed. Cursed is everyone who curses him and his church. Blessed is everyone who blesses him and his people. This is where God has deposited life is in Jesus Christ and his Son. We find then through this account that that Esau, who despised the birthright, was rejected. That Isaac, who had gone astray, is corrected. And Jacob, whom God had set his love and mercy upon, was blessed. In the midst of this messed up situation, God worked his will according to his purpose. And even today, God will work out his redemptive purposes through Christ in the midst of a fallen world. Let us pray. Dear Father, we thank you and praise you for your mercy and kindness. We pray that you would not leave us to go our own ways like sheep without a shepherd, but rather that our whole life long you would be our shepherd to guide us, to bless us, to correct us when we do that which is wrong, that we might uh, turn and embrace you and your ways. We pray, Father, that you would fulfill your promises of old to bring the nations to, uh, to worship and to serve King Jesus. We pray that you would bless us as he is Lord over us, that we might receive blessing as well, that you would care for us now in this life and in the age to come. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.